listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna. It's our brand new Arsenal women's podcast. We've been talking about this for ages. We've been talking about it on the channel, on the podcast. We've been talking about how excited we are to get this kicked off. And I'm delighted to be joined by my brilliant co-host, Casey Bourne. Welcome. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you. I'm excited to be finally doing this after however long we've been speaking about it. I know it feels like we've been speaking about it for ages, doesn't it? Like a good couple of months, I would say. We've been sort of back and forward about doing this show and, and what it's going to be like and what we're going to bring to the table. And, you know, we couldn't have asked for a better game, could we, to start off the WSL season from an Arsenal perspective. And um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be doing this on a weekly basis. So we'll be keeping you up to date with all things uh, from the Arsenal women's side. And it's going to be great fun. But as I say, perfect game to kick us off. And Casey, before we get into specifically Arsenal and, and specifically the game yesterday, I wanted to get your thoughts on the women's game in general, because it's really, really progressed over the last couple of years. The TV rights have obviously played a massive part in that. And and the women's game is is more in the kind of in the limelight than it's ever been. I mean, there were 8,000 fans at the Emirates Stadium yesterday, which was really impressive. Um, How pleased are you as a female working in football to see the women's game finally starting to get the the coverage and attention it deserves? It's it's just amazing to see. Not only does the sport deserve it and the teams deserve it, they deserve to be, you know, they're playing at the highest level. They should show off what they can do and how amazing the sport is I say the sport because women's football still doesn't get spoke about enough and you could see at the Emirates yesterday it was an amazing amount of number in the crowd but at the same time maybe I'm selfish in thinking that it wasn't enough I think they could have got more fans well we know they could have got more fans in because it was at the Emirates but it's just so nice to see it being spoken about as a profession and not just you know something that that oh when Arsenal fans or any other fans moan that when their team's not doing well, it's like, oh, they're better than, say, I don't know, one of the Arsenal men team. You know, it's it's just nice to see. And as a female working in football, it's just what they deserve. And it should still be spoke about more. But I, I'm just so happy that now there's sort of a momentum building in this sport. And, you know, with the TV coverage and just... It's you see it on the front page of a newspaper more often now than you ever would have before. So it's just so nice to see and so deserved. Yeah, it's definitely moving in the right direction. I think you're absolutely spot on. And I guess, again, kind of I know we're not really doing this in chronological order, but one of the things I was really impressed with yesterday was seeing so many of the players kind of staying back after the game and sort of signing autographs with the fans, taking pictures. They really get it, don't they? They really understand what it is to be connected with the fan base. And and I don't think we get that in the men's game at this moment in time. I think there's a massive disconnect between the players and, and the fans right now, obviously because Arsenal are not doing very well, but 
aside from that, I just I look at the women's players and, and whether that be at international level, at club level, and I just feel like they get it more. They get what it means to be aligned with the supporters. And I think because maybe they're coming from a bit more of a humble place in terms of their game hasn't got as much money in it. It hasn't got as much kind of attention on it. And therefore, I don't want to say it's not as valuable because that's the probably the wrong term, but because there isn't all that money involved and because they know that they need the fan engagement and they need to keep that going to, to raise the level of everything in general, I think that they're more appreciative of it and they're almost campaigning in terms of getting their game out to the wider audience. So I think it's really, really key that they keep doing what they're doing. And, you know, it's great to see, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. That's It was so nice. Like the content coming out of yesterday, yesterday's game, it was just so wholesome. And the fact, you know, it helps that Leah Williamson is a long, lifelong Arsenal fan. She really gets it in terms of what we want. We would love to see. I think there's too much of a disconnect with the men's team and the women's team. You know, they've had to work to get to where they are and to show off the game. And they are so appreciative of the fans and I've seen it on so many times where they'll stay behind if the coach is there they'll you know they'll wait and take photos with fans because they feel such a connection with them and they're so important like yesterday it would have meant the world that they could have had fans there at the Emirates and it was such a huge occasion for them and they're just yeah it's so nice to see and I think that's the difference between the women's game and the men's game I feel like the women do have more time for the players I mean obviously they're more accessible and it's easier to go and say, can I get a picture or can I get an autograph? But they want to do it. It's not a case of this is a PR stunt or anything. They really do want to because they appreciate the fans so much. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Completely agree. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the game then. So Arsenal, obviously, 3-2 winners over the Chelsea women, a really strong side, the reigning champions of the WSL. And Arsenal got off to a really good start, 14 minutes in, Vivian uh, Miedemar with the opening goal. Excellent goal. The way she checked back inside, she almost gave it the, I don't really want to say his name on an Arsenal podcast, but she almost gave it the Harry Kane, kind of looked as though she was going to hit it towards the far corner, <laughs> dragged it back inside the post. And you mentioned those jokes that people keep making, and, and I was probably guilty of it yesterday. I said to a friend of mine, stick her up front against Norwich, because that is the kind of finishing and, and killer instinct that Arsenal need up top. Um, Miedemar was linked with a move away, actually, in the summer, but that never materialised. How important is it that Arsenal kept hold of a player of that calibre? Yeah, she has been Arsenal's saving grace on many occasions. Um we all know how good she is. She is the goat of that women's team. Um, but then, then again, she's been very open in the press about you know her future and where she wants to be. I think with a year left on the contract, it it's not ideal because I mean anyone would love to snap her up if they could. But she she is got that killer instinct, like you say, and it's just yeah, she's helped now with a better and a bigger squad that that she didn't have before. She was playing on injuries and yeah, it's just going to be nice to see her this season, I think, play with a bit more freedom. Yeah, for sure. And Chelsea obviously equalised right on the stroke of half-time through Cuthbert. Uh, but Arsenal responded really quickly when the second half kicked off. Uh, Beth Mead uh, scoring an excellent goal. Um, and then obviously she went on to add the third around about 11 minutes later. The third was... Slightly offside in the build-up. I think we can all agree agree on that. And 
yeah well it, I, I i said it straight away when i saw the first replay i was like that is definitely offside but uh, <laughs> but of course emma hayes came out after the game and had a little bit of a whinge about it didn't she she said about the fact that it was offside. She she did criticise her players, talked about them getting done on the transition quite a bit, which was obviously an issue they had against Arsenal yesterday. But where do you stand on this whole thing about getting VAR into the women's game? Because I, I agree that it needs to come, but I think the first step should be to upskill the officials because we're talking about, if we're comparing it to the Premier League, to the men's Premier League, they are professional officials and that's not the case in the women's game. So do you think that VAR needs to come in straight away or do you think the priority needs to be on upskilling those officials first? Uh, so yesterday I was sat there thinking, why can't there be VAR? Like you're at a Premier League ground, they have the capability to do it. In that instance, it would have made a difference to the game. And I think, why could they have not done it? But I think at first they need to, like you say, sort out the fundamentals. Um the Super League has, you know, a notorious uh, reputation of their officiating and, you know, you can get away with quite a bit in that league. But I think start more with the basics and work up to potentially have VAR. Obviously, there's the discussion of financial difficulties with it. But I think if you're playing at a Premier League ground, and I think we will see that more across the season, um, and as that becomes more popular, maybe... Why not introduce it? If it if it doesn't go well, then you know they they don't need to continue with it. It's not like you're tied down with it. Um, but yeah, it, it would have made a difference yesterday for sure. So yeah, depends. Yeah, it, really. The thing is, I I agree with you. I think there will be more games played at Premier League grounds this season, but not every game will be played at a Premier League ground, and that is where the challenge comes for me because. You know, we know that Arsenal play at Boreham Wood, for example. We know that some of the other clubs play at lower league grounds as well. And it's going to be very difficult to then find the consistency. And then I feel like we'd have players then saying, well, this club got to play at this ground and they got the advantage of VAR and we didn't because we played here. And it's a little bit, it's kind of like the championship, isn't it? Like the championship don't have VAR. It's, it's only in play in the Premier League right now in the men's game. And I think that, for me, I, I just think that we need to start upskilling the referees in the WSL and the officials first, although the end goal should be to have VAR in there as well, for sure. But I mean, stuff like that incident that we're talking about, the offside, that was so obvious. You don't even need VAR. You just need a replay, which that we had. You don't need all the fancy lines <laughs> exactly. to tell that Beth Mead was it, offside there. Yeah, it, it couldn't have been more obvious. And I think I, I don't know how they missed that. So it's a case of, like you say, upskilling the, the officials that they do have. If they want to be on the same playing level, which I completely get as the men's game, um, there's still a lot more work to go for that to happen. So VAR, you know, some people would say VAR is not even needed in the Prem. So why is it needed in the WSL? Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. I think the the goal has to be to get there. But I think that there's a lot that needs to happen before before that is the priority, uh, if yeah. that makes sense. Uh, Beth Mead, though, she, as I mentioned, she scored that brilliant goal shortly after the break and that third goal, which was slightly offside. But she took it really, really well. And I think for me, one of my favourite things from yesterday was watching Jonas Eideville on the touchline. I mean, he was incredible. You can tell he's 
full of passion. And there was a really uh, cool phrase that he came out with in his post-match interview where he said, you have to be on fire to give off heat. So almost saying like, you have to be like that as a coach to to get that kind of heat across to your players. I mean, that was the first time I'd seen him in action on the sidelines. He is someone that's a bit of an unknown quantity. He's coming from Sweden, obviously been very successful in the women's game on paper. But how impressed were you with the way he managed the game and with his character? He, he so far from what we have seen of him, it's just positivity, I think. Like you say, having that fire in your belly as a coach can only come across to players if it's given off in a positive way. And I think that's that's really important. I think that's what he's doing. I think the girls are wanting to play for him and they're wanting to, you know, show off their talent to compete for him. And I think that being his first WSL game, it, it couldn't have been more perfect. He, I've seen quotes in interviews where he's sort of saying, tactically, it wasn't spot on, but... I, I almost think it was because to have come across in that first game against Chelsea, he he couldn't have done more because it was the passion that got them through, I think, in the end to have, have that concentration level and to be mentally like stable enough to have gone and beaten Chelsea and hold that win towards the end was, was massive. And it just it made my day seeing that sliding across the pitch at full time was so good. <laughs> So, so good. Yeah, it was pretty cool. You got to give him that. And and you mentioned the kind of the tactical side of the game. And he spoke a little bit about that in his post-match interview. And he made some really interesting points. He talked about how they look to cope with Chelsea's press. He talked about uh, trying to exploit the spaces in behind Chelsea because they played with a really high line. But he also spoke a lot about how Arsenal defended. And I now that I think back, it was very, very obvious. And there was a couple of screenshots that I sort of paused on when I was watching the highlights back of how the, the the girls set up in terms of the shape without the ball. It was the first port of call was to get back into a narrow four and make sure that the width of the penalty area was defended first and foremost and almost kind of flooding the space and making sure that when those balls did come in the box, um, you know, the, the likes of Leah Williamson and Jen Beattie would be there to kind of deal with it and make the clearances of which they made many yesterday. And I thought that was key. I think the fact that he's got them kind of shifting into that narrow shape very quickly when they lose possession will stand Arsenal in good stead. And it means they can be a little bit more adventurous on the counter-attack, knowing that they're, they're going to revert back to that shape very, very quickly. So some definite tactical differences uh, under Idaval, although it's only one league game so far. <laughs> and uh, I'm encouraged. I think you know, Arsenal can challenge for the title this year. Why not? How are you feeling about the season overall? I know it's early days, but what's your initial gut telling you? I think, yeah, I feel really good. I think obviously beating Chelsea was, will only have put us in a better place mentally and they'll feel so much more happy with the way they played. I think squad depth has been the biggest thing and the biggest difference in this Arsenal team um, compared to previous seasons. And yeah, I think like you mentioned there, defensively, tactics were, I thought, pretty good because having a presence of Jen Beattie, in, she was one that stood out for me. She was just, you know, blocking the tackles, blocking crosses coming in. And I think that was key to stopping Chelsea because we know they can whip in a ball. Um, and towards the end of that second half, they were putting in a lot of balls. And thankfully, they, the girls were there defensively to sort it. But 
it's almost as if like the defense and the attacking players are as one now and it's like it's nice to see because you know Katie McCabe is an example she was pressing so aggressively so high up the pitch but where she was so far up the pitch it was nice to see Frieda Marnham drop back into that left back position to cover her and that's the I think that's the difference there's a better understanding of how we should be defensively when defending and defensively when attacking and that's yeah I think that will be key for them going forward yeah absolutely and it's really important to manage that well in the games against the likes of Chelsea obviously there'll be games against weaker opposition with all due respect where Arsenal will be a little bit more focused on on kind of controlling the game rather than sometimes dropping off and looking to exploit spaces on the counter-attack but it's going to be really interesting to see how Idavel manages because I've been really impressed with the way he identified Chelsea's weaknesses. Emma Hayes kind of didn't really want to say that that was the reason that, you know, that Arsenal won the game, that because Arsenal had exploited certain things. But Idaval certainly believed that when he was talking after the game. And I certainly believe as well that he looked at, in particular, that game against Barcelona in the Champions League last season and saw areas in which he could really exploit this Chelsea side and and it worked and and Arsenal obviously got the result. And remember, Casey, there are players still to come into this side who, you know, can make a difference. Nikita Paris has obviously joined the club. Tobin Heath, two-time World Cup winner as well. So there's lots of reasons to be optimistic right now. Yeah, it's huge. I think that's, that's the reason I feel so positive going into the season. I think Arsenal will be back to the team that can challenge and I think they will have no problem doing so like having the presence of Tobin Heath in that team is going to be huge um, and it almost takes the pressure off players like Myanmar who don't have to play on injuries and you know they can rotate and it's just going to be so nice to see a bit more freedom and creativity just back to the old Arsenal in a way. Yeah absolutely I mean Remember, to, to kind of put this into context, right, Chelsea had lost once in the league last season. So this is an incredibly strong Chelsea side. And Emma Hayes is an incredibly good manager. You know, we we were all quite kind of drawn in, I think, by her excellent tactical analysis during Euro 2020. I think she got a lot of plaudits for that, and rightly so. I mean, I admittedly didn't know... Uh, I knew who Emma Hayes was. And, you know, I'm making a conscious effort this season to be a lot more uh, focused on the women's game. But that was kind of where I kind of stood up and took notice, you know, a lot. When I when I heard Emma Hayes speaking, I thought, wow, like this is a really informed coach with a real kind of yeah. tactical understanding of the game. And then so to see a new Arsenal manager come in, take on charge of his first WSL game and basically outthink her was was really impressive. Yeah, and we all know Emma Hayes as well. If you, prior to the Euros, if you watched the women's game, you will know that Emma Hayes is a genius. She speaks so well and she can explain everything that you might not even pick out, you know, sitting on the sofa at home and you're watching the Euros, you're thinking, oh, this and this. But she will come out and explain it and make you think things that you might not have done before. Um, And I think that Jonas came in and he completely took control of, the fact that, you know, he's he's not based Chelsea as a manager with Arsenal and he's gone off their weaknesses and, and used that to our advantage. So, it yeah, it was really impressive for a new manager that we didn't know a great deal about beforehand. 
just kind of thinking out loud for a moment, we, we've talked a lot about Jonas and all the great things he did tactically. And we talked a lot about the energy that he gives off, which is definitely impressive. I wonder if he'll be able to maintain that, though, when they're not playing at the Emirates, when they're not playing in front of such a big crowd. Do you feel like he's someone that feeds off that so much that we might see it go and I'm just playing devil's advocate here, maybe go a little bit flat in some of the other WSL games, particularly if there's less supporters. It's not in the same environment. There isn't the same hype around the game like there was with this one. Game against Chelsea, game televised on Sky Sports. Do you think he he might struggle to kind of replicate that energy moving forward? It will be interesting to see. But I think, you know, beforehand when they were playing in the, the Champions League, um, you know, against Slavia Prague as an example, they they still had that same energy about them. Granted, this last game against Chelsea was a bit different at being at the Emirates and it was such a big occasion. But I think it's almost as if the WSL this season is open to a lot of teams um, and more so than normal. So I think it it's almost as if it, it still will be this big occasion in every single game because I feel like it's just it's open to anyone to come and take it um the fans at Boreham Wood I've, I've been there many times if you know the support that they have is special um a lot of diehard Arsenal fans there and you can hear the likes of Maria chanting and <laughs> I think that that's enough to get them through I think he will love he might even love more the more intimate occasion where you know there are they are at Boreham Wood and it's a small crowd and we'll, we'll have to see but yeah he might he might thrive off that and you might hear him more from the sidelines it, it it's going to be interesting whatever to see but yeah I hope I hope they can do more at the Emirates and now they've seen it in action it might kick kick them up the bum to go and play there more so yeah, for sure. What do you think of like giving kind of season ticket holders at Emirates Stadium a bit more of an incentive to go? Like saying, you know, you can go to, I don't know, WSL games for free or for a, a nominal fee. It just feels to me like we've got the fan base as a football club. It's an absolutely huge football club. Why not give a little bit more incentive to get the people in the door? Because I'll tell you one thing, Casey, sitting there watching the the women yesterday, I was entertained. I was I was on the edge of my seat when it was 3-2 in particular. Uh, you never really knew which way the game was going to swing. There were some great goals on show. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And I don't mean to for this to come across in a horrible way, but I was pleasantly surprised by what I saw. And I am more encouraged now if you said to me, here you go, as an Arsenal season ticket holder, you can go and watch the next game. Uh, I would be more up for it than I would have been previously. So, if, if the football continues to be so entertaining and that everything is as gripping as it was yesterday, which I'm sure we're going to see plenty more of over the course of the season, why not incentivize fans to go there and get behind the team? Because it, it, it is so good for the profile of the women's game. It's such, it's like, it's so nice that you are just open and honest about it because I don't think enough people are like yesterday. It, it was such an entertaining game and that was pure passion from the Arsenal players and as Arsenal fans that's all you can ask of your team um and I think previously like when I've been to games it's it's more often than not families um and then like 
the diehard women's football fans. You don't see enough, well, you don't see enough male fans there, in all honesty. And I think, yeah, this is a really good idea if you was to offer that as an incentive. And I think I, I've been reading a lot of um, tweets online, especially saying that yesterday, in a way, as amazing as it was, um, there were disadvantages, like, I don't know if you saw, there were queues going out, the Emirates people couldn't yep. get in. Um, and I almost think that if they could just do standard ticketing system, it would work better. Uh, now we've got, with the Arsenal memberships, you know, you have to buy a membership pass and da-da-da-da. Like, there's, there were fans there yesterday who were just neutrals, but now they are Arsenal members. And I think it's almost like keeping it back to basics with, Things like, you know, if you want to turn up on the day because you've just seen the game that was amazing and you think, oh, why not give it a shot? But you don't want to pay for a membership. There should be that sort of system in place where, and I mean, it probably will going back to Boreham Wood. But yeah, just going forward, I think it would help people a lot more. I think they'll have seen this and thought, yeah, like it actually was good. And I think that's what people don't realise about women's football. They'll think... It's a whole nother a whole nother sport. But actually, at the end of the day, it's the same as the men's. It's just I, I find it more gripping to watch because it's pure passion and you don't sometimes see that in the men's game. Well, I don't see it anymore in that team. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And and it's important to keep the men's and the women's teams, I think, intertwined because we are one football club. So mm-hmm. why not give incentives to those that follow the men's team to go and watch the women's team and vice versa you know there's so much that can be done i saw what you were referring to on twitter about the queues going all the way around the stadium because they didn't open all the turnstiles and i guess you know this is this is something that they're going to have to keep reviewing you know as time goes on because there's nothing more annoying than going to a football match and queuing up for an age you know you think you've got plenty of time you go and have a couple of drinks you end up outside the ground and all of a sudden there's this massive queue and you're struggling to get in in time for kickoff so that's something that needs to be addressed for sure um but you're right about the whole kind of members thing i mean for me and you know i bought for a friend some some tickets for the arsenal norwich game at the weekend and it's been an absolute nightmare trying to deal with all the membership cards and then getting the printout yeah. tickets. And it just all feels like a massive faff at a time when actually the club should be standing there with open arms, whether it's the men's or the women's inviting us in because, you know, the mood around the club, obviously women's football aside is not very good at the moment. So there should be that connection. And I think you're absolutely right. It's until we as a club treat the women's game the same way that we treat the men's game, there'll always be that snobbery towards it, unfortunately. And and I'll admit yeah. it, I'm not going to shy away from it. I was like that in the past. More so, not because I don't think, I, I didn't think the women's game was any good, but because I invest so much time and money and effort into the men's game that I almost can't find a way of, of following another team. I can't yeah. justify giving up two days of my weekend, you know, going to watch football. I can't, it's been really, really difficult. But if you can intertwine the two a little bit more, then I think a lot of people will be more open to it. And if you say, hey, you're an Arsenal season ticket holder, you've just paid over a grand for a season ticket. We'll chuck in a couple of WSL games at the Emirates for you. That'd be such a nice gesture to give back to the fans, but also promote the women's game. And I think that's, like you just said, they're chucking a couple. I don't think it's 
people don't want to have something forced upon them i think if you can gradually intertwine it then that's probably the way it's going to be more successful i think yesterday i think the arsenal men's account on twitter could have done more to say hey this is a a brand new like a historical moment happening where the women's team are playing at the emirates in the women's super league instead of that people were replying to the women's account like oh the men don't the men don't do enough and this and that and i just think it's just one club let's connect more and make it one as opposed to this is the men's this is the women i get what you're saying as well about like you've invested so much time into the men's team and you didn't want to give up like more time to watch the women but if it's on tv like it was yesterday then why would you not want to watch that again like games like that were so good and it's just a case of i think not forcing it upon people but just gradually you know saying like if i was offered a ticket to the women's game in my, in a season ticket i'd be like yeah of course that's a good day out with the with friends with family um and after the year we've had with Corona, I'm just be grateful to be watching live football again. Yeah, exactly. And as you mentioned, you mentioned, well, we talked right at the beginning of the podcast about how important the TV coverage is in all of this and just making it more accessible, not just the money that the TV companies are now pumping into the game, which obviously helps, but it's about making the game more accessible. It's about me sitting down on a Sunday afternoon and thinking, I'm just going to chill out today. Oh, Arsenal women are on TV. I'll, I'll watch that. I wouldn't have watched that otherwise. I wouldn't have gone to the effort of trying to find it. And that that's the point. You've got to make it more accessible. And, and you know, we're heading in the right direction for sure. Um, I think we're going to leave it there. Uh, it's been a great discussion. Obviously, Arsenal getting off to a wonderful start helped that uh, for sure. Um, but yeah, it's been great fun. Uh, we've been talking uh, about the women's game in general. And we're going to do this over the course of the season, right? We're going to talk about the women's game in a wider context. We're going to talk about how the club can be more kind of intertwined in terms of the men's and the women's teams. And Casey obviously brings us her expertise in the women's game. And I'll kind of chip in with my thoughts, you know, being a little bit more detached from it, but as someone who definitely wants to get into it more. Uh, so it should make for a good, hopefully entertaining and informative podcast. Uh, Casey, how can people follow you on social media and keep up with the fantastic work that you do? I um just Casey underscore born across everything. Make it nice and easy. Twitter, Instagram. Um yeah, I and I want to start, you know, I I normally tweet, I will admit, angrily about the men's game and I will start <laughs> tweeting more about the women's game because it, it deserves more attention. So yeah, catch that on there. It does indeed. So make sure you give Casey a follow. And and I'm sure Casey's not the only one that tweets angrily about the men's game. I think we're all guilty of it. <laughs> but it's just the way things are at the moment. And of course, the Arsenal women uh, have a couple of uh, big games coming up Thursday. Uh, they play the second leg of their Champions League time with Slavia Prague. And then it's away to Reading next Sunday. So we'll be back early next week uh, to look back on those two games, which should be uh, good fun. You can follow me at Harry Simu. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Make sure you leave a like if you're watching on the video. If you're listening via the podcast, please do leave us a review. It really, really does help. Uh, Casey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for co-hosting with me, as you will be throughout the season. Uh, really looking forward to it and glad that we've got it all started and up and running now. Yes, thank you so much. It's going to be a good season. And yeah, we'll make good content. 
hopefully we'll be talking about a title win, which we're definitely not going to be talking about <laughs> with the men's side. So uh, <laughs> brilliant crossed. stuff. We'll see. Exactly. We'll catch you all very, very soon. Until next time. Take care. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler and you're listening 